Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Evolving Mindset podcast. I am delighted to be joined by Katie Smith. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Phil. And how are we today? Really good, thank you. Oh, brilliant. Being really looking forward to getting you on. We, we at Evolving Mindset are absolutely aware and in such admiration of the work that you do uh, within you know our areas. So we're delighted for you to come on board and uh, give you the opportunity really to, to let our listeners know uh, who you are and, and some of the work that you're doing out there. You know, we're aware of it, but we'd love other people in the area to know what's going on and how they can access that support as well. Fantastic. Thank you. So um, to start off, Mentu, um, just a little bit of history. Mentu was born about two years ago due to the tragic suicide of a male friend of mine. Um, I simply asked a question on social media why there was a current trend that was apparent with male suicides. Um, the response was absolutely overwhelming. And it was just that basically people didn't know why but they cared enough to to want to put a stop to it. Um, so then that's when Men Too was born. It was Men T-double-O, and that was to communicate that there's loads of vulnerable populations in the country, but men are too. And I think that's because um, what I've since found out through doing Men Too is that men feel less vocal to speak out about their mental health difficulties. So men too in the last two years has evolved into a, I would say it's kind of like a yellow pages, it's a network based platform and what we do on social media is we try and inspire people with lived experiences stories, we'll empower people with different quotes and we'll signpost to our website. Now the website has got a collective of all different mental health agencies all across Merseyside, um, we're hoping to build that up and down the UK in the forthcoming future. And the view is for not only to create awareness for people who don't know that three out of four suicides are male, but for anyone who wants to navigate their way to a holistic platform to find something in their local area or something that they feel able to access. Because what I noticed with men too, being that we are largely online, is that people didn't feel able to go to an external agency or speak to a human voice. So what I would do largely on Messenger would be to just communicate, um, just type in a message, receiving it and giving them support and letting them know that, no, you're not alone. A feeling will pass. You are capable, you are able and you are very loved. So that seemed to just tap into all of the insecurities that men were going through to make them feel that they weren't alone and that possibly in the future they could then be mobilized to go to an external agency and rebuild their lives and their mental health mm. no, it, it is really amazing what you do I mean, we it wasn't our lane i think we talked about this just before off air that it wasn't our lane to try and go into men's mental health it just it seems to be in a sort of a natural sort of being pulled into that direction so we support you know young people um, you know and and males females as well but we do tend to do a lot of work with men men only groups and what i've found from my experience i don't know whether you're the same as the hardest bit is getting them there but, yeah. but once we get them there i genuinely believe and there's some amazing organizations out there doing some great work 
know, they get them there for us. But when we get there and work with them, I've been really surprised because I believe men do open up. I think the barrier has been getting them to walk through a door and sit down, willing to talk about it, or yeah. at least to take that first step. Because I do believe setting the right conditions, or hopefully that's what we do, I hope to hope to God that we do, uh, is set that right conditions where it's a non-judgmental safe space. And a lot of time people will just listen and listen to other people. And then what we try and do is talk about our lived experience and our difficulties. And then you just see it. It's, it's really powerful when you see it. One person builds up the courage. And I use the word courage because it is the courage to say, actually that happened to me or that's very similar to me yeah, it's very and, then, great. And, then, and then a group of men especially what you see is it's almost like a, a domino effect yeah you can see other people itching to get something off their chest yeah and that's and that's what we try and try and do so i and i completely agree with you and i think men do find it more difficult i'm, I'm you know borderline neanderthal you know like a caveman um <laughs> and it took me a long time to open up over my mental health due to fear of being weak or perceived to be weak or all of these things you know I should be the breadwinner I should do that. and you know we really do need the opportunity sometimes just to say you know what I'm really struggling here for yeah. xyz whether yeah. where whatever it is and, and and I just want someone to talk to and yeah. I think we all isn't it Sorry. and that's what I've as well I was just saying there's mm. a lot of men oh um something that I've noticed that contributes to that fear and I noticed it actually I was looking at a post this morning that was in one of the local newspapers um there's a lot of other organizations that are supporting domestic violence which do they do wonderful work but a lot of males are pinned as perpetrated in, in the imagery that they use and I was absolutely dumbfounded because I thought, have we not moved on from this to recognise that it's not men who are the only people who commit domestic violence? It's mm -hmm. it's an equal platform in, in some experiences. So, you know, the media have got a lot to contribute to silencing men. That mm -hmm. then spreads out into social media and it creates this barrier for men coming forwards. And then in also a lot of the language cheers, yeah. you know, um, men don't cry, suck it up, mm. grow some balls. Mm. And what I've noticed with the men too is that men, a lot of men I've come across have felt unable to speak for failure of, uh, for fear rather of looking weak. And as a female facilitator, talking about my own experiences with mental health and um, I do a mental health training course as well from a psychologically trauma-informed perspective where I say, look, you know, we're human. We go through adversity. Mm -hmm. it, our reaction to that adversity changes our brain chemicals. So you're going through a natural human experience, mm -hmm. but you must find a way to overcome barriers because they, at the moment they're not going anywhere. We're trying to break them down. Mm -hmm. But as a female facilitator, it's been so well received because men have kind of thought, well, hang on. I thought it was men versus women in society. And I've said, well, absolutely not, because men too has got thousands of female supporters mm -hmm. who have got brothers, sons, uncles, friends. And we don't want men to be in this social crisis at the moment. We don't want to see 
you know, so many people. There was a guy yesterday who, who tried to take his own life. It's becoming a very common conversation to have in your local shop mm -hmm. about the latest guy who's felt like his only option is to jump off yeah. a bridge, take his own life. And, you know, I'm a stranger to, to most men that, you know, obviously I've never met, but I care enough about human life to recognize that there is something better out there and a feeling is very, very powerful. But I also recognize that it's it can be a chemical imbalance. You can do things to change that feeling. And that's what I try and promote on the educational side, um, just to try and give a holistic you know, a, a holistic offering to, to men and families of men who are struggling as well because they feel like they've got, they just feel helpless and they've got no control. So I try and get across to them. You've got so much more control than what you realise. You know, it's about trying to change your perspective and then mobilise them to amazing organisations like yours, Martin Gallia, you know, Mind. Mm -hmm. um, there's absolutely loads of places, but I'm also dumbfounded at the fact that when I speak to my guys, a lot of them don't actually know that there's help out there because yeah. they're so lost in the social isolation, the depression, the negative thinking, their anxieties, um, and they're on this online world where they're almost removed from humanity because it's a very dark world and I've been there myself. So I know what I'm talking about. Um, so that's why men too is very important because I feel like what we do, um, we're not as practical as like what your organization does, but we're here to try and feed these men and empower them into coming to somewhere like you. So we can be part of the initial journey. I, I, no, you're absolutely right. It's amazing. As I said, I've been a big admirer of your work for a long time. And, and you're absolutely right. Whether that supports with us, or we see ourselves as a signposter, you know, it's not for us, it's not for everyone who comes in. We've got our own programs. We do a lot of the stuff we talk about there, circle of influence, fit, circle of concern, strategies around how to manage stress, anxiety, low mood and depression. We do all of that sort of stuff but it mightn't be for someone. And for us, it's more important that the person, the individual gets the right level of support. Now that's with another organization. We're not bothered. Yeah. I do, I do feel that certain organizations go, go quite closed. That, and yeah, put their yeah. answer, this needs to be just us that way. And it's all about them rather than yeah. the individual where we're very like-minded what, what you're saying. If this isn't for us, we'll pass them on to somebody else. Absolutely. But it could be that someone needs a bit more one-to-one -one stuff that we, we do, but we don't specialise in it. You know, yeah. if someone was experiencing, you know, suicidal ideology, you know, they've got a fantastic place there, James's place, you know, who, who deal with that for men's mental. So why would we try and do something when you've already got specialists in the field? Yeah. It doesn't matter who gets the kudos. It doesn't matter yeah. who gets the, the recognition. We all should all be in it together. For the absolutely. right reasons, and, yeah, and, and not playing past the parcel with difficult, you know, clients or people that want to come through. It's about them. It's about where is this individual best placed? It could yeah. be in smaller groups, but like what with that. It could be on one of our programs. It could be somewhere, and that's what I think. Where we need, there's a lot of organisations out there. You're right. Are we all in harmony? And the answer is probably no. No. If if, I think some people do only form little collaborative sort of circles and stuff. Yeah. But I think the bigger that circle gets, and no, and we all go right. It's all for the, it's all about the person, and I know why. 
a lot of the time it's funding and stuff like that. Yeah. Everyone yeah, fight, you know, fighting for the same pots of funding and stuff like that. Yeah. I get it, but that's not what we're about. So yeah. what we what we do is we we look at a self-sustained model. So we sell all of our qualifications in mental health, safeguarding, corporate consultancy around embedding pods of mental health culture, and all the money that comes from that, all the profit puts on all the work we do. We don't want to be get into this uh, almost a battle and everyone. So we want to try and be what someone to say, like a signpost that they come into us and we'll signpost them everywhere else. Because yeah. I get sick to death with the politics of it all. I get sick to death with yeah. the closed off of certain orgs and like as if you're trying to be in competition with each other. We're not. We should be complementing each other, not competing against exactly. each other. I totally agree with what you're saying. And I think for me personally, running men too. I feel like I've um, kind of evaded a lot of that kind of politics because I've been massively online and I don't have an actual base or premises. Now that's going to change in the next few months, but I feel like mentors is everywhere and not just in one fixed place because like you, we're a sign poster and mm. I would rather do quality control on an individual that comes to me and I, you know, speak with them and see what their needs are a lot of my guys just come and they just know they just need to know that there is support yeah. and a lot of them are alleviated from that it's just such a relief because a lot of people their emotions are so heightened at the moment because mm. largely they're online and it's a very different world that their emotions will go from zero to ten and it'll be such a despairing feeling that to get a little bit of relief straight away it really has an impact on them you know so we're not dealing with the population like what we used to have 20 30 years ago because we've evolved we've evolved into our historical crisis which is a mental health crisis and you know as much as i think it's great that the world's on board with mental health and finally we can accept that you know, there is something going on in our brains i always try and encourage people as well to to be autonomous for their own mental health by way of recognizing how valuable they are and recognizing that what they put into themselves contributes to their internal environment. Um, an example being, I'm doing a children's mental health project at the moment with a 30 foot inflatable brain where we encourage yeah. children to recognize this is you, look how amazing you are look at what your chemicals do, look inside your own brain, look what each part of your brain does. Then we go through different emotions so you can see the impact. You know, science shows that emotion can make us physically weak. Yes, we're encouraging people to get emotion out, which I believe getting emotion out is the best thing to do, but it's not the best thing for every individual. Some individuals might want to speak and they might feel relief from that some individuals might want to go do boxing or tai chi or walking or reading mm. so what i try and offer is something where by you you know where you send them to the place that best suits their needs so they just know that they're not alone and they're not weird and you know not one size fits all because we're individuals and we're humans but we do all share the, the commonality that we do all have neurochemistry it does fluctuate on different situations um but we are to some extent largely 
you know, able to to control certain things. We just don't know that we are. Yeah, I think uh, that's pretty much where we, we have five stages of the, of the program. Uh, and it's usually fair stages lost. We call it all stuck. Yeah, that we're in this rut. We're, we're here. A lot of the time, people don't even know how they've got there or what's causing it. Some do, some don't. I say that's the uniqueness of the program and every, and that's what you've got to do. It's got to be person centered. It's got to be that level of uniqueness for each person, that, and that's how they've got to be treated. And then what we try and do is we try to explore with them the root cause of what's making them feel the way. And it's difficult for some people because some yeah. people have put them barriers up. They don't want to go there in their own because that's their own internal defence mechanism. If I'm yeah. not thinking about it, it's like put the berry in the head under the sound for finances, for example, until we explore, right, well, okay, well, we have to be a solution-focused service. That's what we have to be. We're here. You're here with us. The support that's here, work with us. So be open and honest with yourself. What is it? And then yeah. it could be, oh, it's debt. Oh, okay, well, you're burying your head in the sand. It's not going to go away. You know, so what you need to do, and we'll do it, we'll support you with it, and we'll go with them to, like, Liverpool Community Advice or whatever, sit them down with a debt advisor and say, listen, this is what the root cause of this individual thing is. Can, can you support them? They'll offer all that support for free. And they say to us, oh, my God, Phil, like a rock being took off my back. Well, well, yeah. yeah. You know, but unless you deal with certain things, so we really explore what are we in control of? What, what are we in control of in yeah. this situation that we're in? Well, first of all, we have to identify what that situation is. And yeah. some people some people are that lost and stuck that they can't, they're not thinking straight, they can't see, they don't understand what's going on. So we just work with them to try and establish that for themselves. Then, then we can move on to the next stage. It's right, okay, well, we know what the issues are now. It could be that you actually, you've got some deep-rooted stuff going on here that we believe you're going to benefit from some one-to-one counselling. So we're going to signpost you. Are you willing to do that? Because we think that you've got stuff that you haven't addressed that you need to address. Yeah, Fantastic. that may work for that person. Other people are like, no, it's not that. Okay, so let's look at being solution focused. And that's the name of the company, Evolving Mindset. Right, so let's evolve our way of thinking. We're stuck at the moment. We don't think there's a way out. There is. So let's evolve our mindset, evolve our thinking. So what is it that we want to achieve? What is it that you want to do? Blah, blah, blah. Then we start looking at whether that's employment. So we support them with the employment or signpost to somebody else who's better equipped to it than, than, than us in doing that. Um, we have people who present with um, from domestic abuse and all this trauma that they're carrying, you know, and they haven't really dealt with it and, and they're struggling with it. So we work with charities like Out of the Corner, which is a um, domestic abuse in Liverpool. I'm not sure if you're aware of it. I did a podcast yeah. with the CEO uh, yes. the other week. Yeah, so... And now it's all about, you know, perpetrators and, you know, there's work that goes on with perpetrators and victims because yeah. the perpetrators, you know, have difficulties and, and they've got all that remorse. So it, it can come on and we're not going to judge. You know, it's, yeah. not for, it's not for us to judge. It's We've all got a past. Behavior, got... Isn't it? yeah. It's just human behaviour at the end of the day. I know um, I'm coming up to the end of my master's on PTSD and it's absolutely been life-changing and getting insight into how people behave and largely a lot of it is from childhood trauma which has never really been um looked at or even recognized because you know people if they don't see it they don't think it exists we're still largely of that mindset so Mm. I say to a lot of um my lads and, and their families as well 
you know, if you don't feel able to, to link up with anybody, yes, and you still want to be in what you feel is your safe zone, which is usually at home, um, which we all know isn't your safe zone, but we've all, you know, had periods of anxiety where you feel like you just want to be in that place and kind of isolate yourself from others. Um, I always promote getting to know yourself, getting to getting to learn who you are, because I don't think we're such a fast paced society in this country and it's getting faster and faster with technology. We're barely getting time to eat. We're barely getting time to, to know the things we like and the things we don't like. And we don't really get time to know who we are anymore because we're so promoted heavily on social media. Oh, you should look like this. You should wear these clothes. You should have all of these things. And everyone knows that's just absolute shite yeah. because the older you get, the more you start to recognise who you are, what you have to offer other people, but also what you have to offer yourself is sometimes something that is completely neglected. Mm. So that's something that I've been promoting recently that, you know, human life is, is so valuable. It's mm. just a shame that sometimes our neurochemistry can get in the way or, you know, adversity. We're never going to avoid adversity. It's here. It will find us. We can't hide from it. It's just part of a human experience. Most, most of the time, it, it blindsides us as well. It's usually when things are going so well and stuff, next minute, bam, something yeah. blindsides us out of the blue, whatever that may be. Um, we're not really equipped. And that's what a lot of, what other thing we try and do as well, is educate people with coping strategies. So we believe whether you come on our programme, whether you are facing mental health difficulties now, or you're in a really good place, You'll be equipped. You'll learn stuff that, okay, I'm great now, but if something does happen, you can identify the signs. So it's just a more of an educational program as well. It really supports people, but it's a really yeah. educational program. Okay. One of them was really, I think we're really good for your guys is the, and it sounds bizarre because usually people think of it a different way, but we do a session called Low Self-Esteem and Building Resilience. Oh, now, it's far more powerful in working with men than women now when i speak to people say oh i thought it would be low self-esteem you start to think i don't know why you know start thinking more female and it's when you start and part of the section is around it one of the main thing is who am i it's a section it's, a, it's an activity we do and, and we we can lose our identity it's exactly what you were saying before we're programmed to be a certain way but it, i'm going along with it but is this what's causing me some of the unhappy? because i'm not yeah. actually doing the things that i enjoy doing not what me partner likes doing not what the children likes doing taking them and you find yeah. that when you analyze it about yourself and start to take a step back and reflect on what's going on in your life you start to see things that go i'm doing everything for everyone else but i'm not doing anything for me yeah no, yeah. no one no wonder i'm feeling a bit low because i'm not doing anything yeah. i enjoy i enjoy doing because i'm too busy giving me to everywhere else in my life well, and I, is I, yeah. I always promote um the body have you ever read the body says now by yes. Professor oh, yeah. it is yeah. a, I, I am constantly going on about that book because people mm. don't realize that not only if you're people pleasing and you're just trying to do anything for a quiet life and you just want to make other people happy that makes you a lovely person great but it doesn't make you a healthy person because that will eventually manifest into mental health problems mm. and physical health problems mm. because I mean the research out there that's extensive that links um trauma adversity stress that builds up over time that isn't um processed out of the human mind and out of the muscles and in, in the body because it gets stuck in your muscle memory 
it manifests in things not just mental health but also cancers autoimmune heart attack um i don't know why people don't know this stuff so this is why i'm trying to (laughs) honestly god God, i'm I'm laughing i keep saying the same thing keep saying the same thing so apologies if the the listeners have have, have heard this before Uh, some of the nonsense i was taught in school you know tectonic plates in in columbia you know the the square root of things all things that i've absolutely never done never touched in my adult life wouldn't it be great if we can educate people around how to deal with difficult emotions how to have emotional intelligence all that sort of stuff why why can't why can't we stuff that is genuinely you are gonna need at some point in your life exactly i was talking to a friend of mine um well, it was a while ago now, and she's from Australia. And she said the school she went to, every child got a little book. And it was a book that said, um, and I know we've got similar ones, but it was like a little manual, a little human manual um, that said a book about me. And it goes against everything that I'm trained to do, which is treat everyone as their individual. Yet that still stands. But if you get a bloody booklet when you get a toaster or a booklet when you get it, I've just got a new iron, there'll be a booklet in there telling me how to use a bloody thing. I could probably work it out. <laughs> but why aren't we giving our children something? And I know that there's people now who've narrated books and they're wonderful, but I'm talking about like when you hand out the Bible to your kids in Catholic schools, hand them out a little book that shows them, this is me, this is my brain, this is my body. You know, so then we're not, literally at a crisis in the future where we're leaning heavily on feeling like gps need to source sort our mental health and our physical health problems out because the other thing as well if we don't have the knowledge and we have this expectancy on the healthcare system gps are general practitioners you know they only do i think it's one module out of about 20 in mental health so why would you go to I don't know, a, a, why would you take your car to a bloody McDonald's drive through It makes no sense. So, okay, they've got more training now, but we're expecting them to be experts in mental health when really they've been studying, you know, the biology physically. Yeah, for again, yeah I agree. And, and, that, and that's something I believe does need to change as well. And again, it's just further evidence and I can evidence until it comes out of my ears, how a society we prioritise our physical health, I'm sick of saying it, we prioritise yeah. our physical health over our mental health. And even the GP, they, you're saying it, when, when we know that half the GP appointments are mental health related, yeah. but the training is all around the physical, you know, and yeah. it's getting better. We're, we're fortunate, we've got a number of GP as ambassadors of, of our programme. So GPs refer people onto our programmes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, Dr. Shamim Rose is, is one of our ambassadors now she come on just from a she wanted to see what it would be like for um her patients, shall we say, uh, uh, people who come to see her. And and she'd be openly say, she's done as a video testimony, openly say, Oh my god, I learned so much from a community-based oh, wow. program and applying yeah. some of the practices and the strategies she's learned on our program, not only in a day-to-day life, but helping other people who are coming to the to the thing. Now, isn't that a sad state of affairs? It's it's great that we've got gps who, who massively endorse what we do yeah but it's a, but it's a sad state of affair because you're right these are our go-to people what do we say if you're experiencing a mental health difficulty what what's the advice we give you all give first instance yeah go to your gp go to your gp 
yeah. you know, so that's where it needs to be addressed and where the change needs to be. So there's, yeah, have we come a long way in mental health? Absolutely we have. Has the pandemic sort of dragged us along to that sort of bit? Yeah. Is there an absolutely huge amount of work that still needs to be done in normalising mental health within society, deep-rooted within society? Absolutely, yes, there is. Yeah. And there's so many, I could go on, I do it all the time, just give people examples of, you know, first day boxing work, yeah, where is it? Oh, it's in the canteen. What colour is it? Green. What's in it? Oh, plasters, bandages. Where's your mental health first aid kit? Yeah. Silence. Well, yeah. we haven't got one. Well, but people are going to be suffering in work the same way, you know, yeah. people are going off at workplace stress. So it's how are you, how you dealing back. with it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's all, all sort of, and there's a million, not a million, but there's loads of, of things that we could give examples of where we prioritise our physical health over our, yeah. our, mental, yeah. our mental health. You know, I, I come back from uh, depression and no one could even look me in the eye. It was weird. I thought I was paranoid, but it wasn't. When I looked back, it wasn't. No one knew how to speak to me. And then quickly, six weeks later, I hobble in on crutches. I hit my ankle playing footy. And everyone, oh, my God, Phil. Yeah, loads oh, of attention. Dear, put yeah. your feet up here, lad. I'll go get you a cup. Blah, 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 and, all. and it's like, I, I, I really see my backside. I'm honest with you. Really. Yeah. I said, listen, I don't need your support. I needed it six weeks ago. Yeah. You, all, you all need to be ashamed People of yourself. Care. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's a society what we need to change. Um, I, I, for me, I think there's a, still a long way to go, but have we made great strides? Yeah, but there's so much more we need. We, we can't yeah. just say, Oh, yeah, we're doing great now, it needs to just kick on now into, yeah, uh, into everywhere it's else. Crisis. It's such a crisis for men. I mean, mm. the last stats I looked at were about 12 months ago, and it was three out of four suicides a male. Um, that actually can't go to four out of for suicides or can it I mean it's mm. just it's beyond a social crisis and yeah. one thing that um, Mentor was looking to do is to try and empower the movement for people to recognize that it's not funny it's not a joke men mm. are one of the most vulnerable populations in the UK and globally actually globally in, in western in the I western world I don't, I don't know how accurate it is but I think I'm pretty sure I've read some it's the biggest biggest killer in males yeah, under the age of 45, yeah. Yeah, 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 under, yeah, under so the same, you, under a same yeah. parameter, yeah. If yeah. you went to a maternity ward now and there was a little boy born and a little girl born, that little boy is much higher risk. He's much more vulnerable to mental illness and suicide, mm. you know, than, than the little girl. And th These are, I know that's quite triggering to bring children into it, but that, that's how we need to see it. We need to tap into people's emotions. Recognize this is people's babies who aren't living full lives because they're getting to a point where they're feeling like they don't want to live this life anymore, and their best option is to opt out. And as much as that is a horrific situation for them to be in, it's also devastating communities and family members who are left behind. And we don't want these boys to feel like that, we don't want men to feel like they feel unable. You know, there's a lot of things that need to change in this country. A lot, a lot of legal requirements as well to do with um, childcare and things like that. I was talking the other day at the Martin Gallia to my lads, um, and they were saying, you know, they've had the children removed from, and they feel like they've got no control and they feel helpless. There's a lot of things that are against men in this country and women as well. But at the moment, you know, you can only focus on one vulnerable group, and that's half the bloody population. And that's males at the moment. So that's that's where I feel my focus needs to be. And as a female facilitator, that just seems to draw 
more attention because largely it's men doing men's charity, women doing women's charity, were to be kept in separate rooms. So I feel like that's broken that mould a little bit, which is why it's received a lot of um, attention, which I'm, I'm very grateful for. Yeah, no, brilliant. I think some of that hit all, it all really hit there when you when you were talking was around. I think a lot of my difficulties when I faced it, I've been really open around my mental health and, and my depression and stuff, was around how powerless I felt when my uh, ex-partner left me, taking the children and leaving me. Yeah. And, and then you've gone from being, coming home from work, looking forward to putting them in the bath and feeding bubble. I'm getting probably well up here a little bit. But little stuff that you do bury. You know, I bury, yeah. I bury a lot of this stuff because it hurts so much where you come home and that's what your role is as, as, as dad. Sort yeah. of stuff, and the things that you do, you put them into bed, and you tell them to do raspberries on the belly and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and then one day you come home and, and they're not there, and that's yeah. out of your control, and you're completely powerless. And you try and get custody, or you try and get you know, you have all of that battle going on. And then, if you're lucky, you'll get to see you get them a weekend every other week or something like that. Yeah, and it's and it's you know, it's probably the most difficult period of my life. I'm lucky if that's only the other people face a lot worse. I know that. But I just couldn't cope with it. It was it was the yeah. feeling of powerlessness of yeah, lack of control, lack of control and it, that's, the frustration that's... and anger and everything that builds up yeah. with that. As, uh, as human it... beings, we like to have control over certain things. You know, in the grand scheme of things, I was reading a book not long ago and it says we're always trying to control things. We're always trying to control situations. And it's fear, largely down to, you know, past experiences where we felt helpless and we don't want to feel helpless again so we try and control our situations but in the grand scheme of things we have very little control and it's only when we have experiences like that and it strips away that that feeling that everything we knew has just changed overnight and that is the core elements of psychological trauma and the way you respond to that and react to that is so subjective to each individual but like you said, you know, sometimes in society we compare ourselves. Well, we do it a lot, don't we? Mm. But what you experienced won't feel the same as the next guy you meet. Yeah. His experience, it might be similar, but because it's so subjective to the context of your life and your lived experience, it hits people differently. So mm. that's another thing men sometimes and women will say, well, I feel you know, like a failure because I don't feel able to get on with my life like that person I know down the road did. Mm. And that's because that person's reacted differently. You might have had trauma after trauma after trauma and that one's broke the bloody camel's back. Yeah. But we, we shouldn't compare situations and experiences either because we need to recognise that we're all very, very unique mm. and we all deserve to overcome adversity in the best way we know how to. And sometimes we don't have any control. And that fear of being helpless is just the most debilitating feeling in the world. Mm, it is. I, it, was, it was actually an African friend of mine who, um, who actually gave me some advice. He could feel me pain. And he just said, I think there's a prayer, I think serenity prayer or something like that. And it's, it's having um, to accept the things that I cannot change and the courage to accept or something along them lines. Yeah, I know, I'm, yeah. I'm, and whatever he said to me, genuinely, was like a, a switch that just went off yeah. in my head. And I just felt yeah. this, everything just drained from me. And I just went, you're right, I, 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 I can't control the situation. 
I need yeah. to accept it and move on with your life. But I probably battled for that for maybe a good three, four months and went into a real state of depression. And it was just sometimes, and if we can do that to somebody else, and if you can do that to somebody else, it was that one person that probably saved me who said that one thing to me at the right time in my life where I went, bam. And it, and it clicked for whether, whether I was open to it, whether I respected them, whether well, I don't know what it is. Other people may have been trying to say similar things to me and it wasn't getting through. This one thing got through to me. Uh, it was like a light bulb moment and like, oh, okay, I accept it. And I could feel everything drain from me. And it was, a, it was the turning point for me. It was the turning point in my life and I've not looked back since. So it's about helping people identify their turning point who are experiencing difficulties. And as you say, we're all unique and we're all different. Katie, thank you so much for joining us today. Honestly, I could talk all day to you. you you've been an absolute delight to have on as a guest. If people want to know more about your work or how to get in touch with you, how's the best way of them doing so? Yeah, so we're on all of the socials. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, and we're on Facebook. And we are at Men2UK. And the two is T-O-O. Um, we are also Men2.UK on the website. So if anybody wants to get in touch, um, whether you want to access support, be signposted, fundraise or volunteer, then please just hit me up on any of those. I'd be very grateful. Yeah. And another that involve a mindset cannot endorse the work that the guys do over there. So please reach out for support, whether that's through us, through them. But whatever you do, please reach out. Um, thank you so much. Katie, it's been a delight as always. Thank uh, and, and thank you everyone for listening in.